Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast episode 465. Mitch on the other side of the Zoom. Charlie here with you, staying as cold as a polar bear's toenails as another heat wave has hit the city of Milwaukee. Happy Summerfest week to those who celebrate. Happy Draft week. We are going to be talking more about the latter and what the Milwaukee Bucks will do at number 24. We are drafting the Bucks' best options. We're going to have fun tonight. Should be a good show. We're also talking a little bit about David Stearns and his comments about building within. How should we interpret that as we get closer to the MLB trade deadline? And that'll probably be the show. Maybe a quick, couple quick hitters at the very end, but that should that should take us uh, take us to usually what we typically do and what we provide for you on Tab and Keg. So like I said, on the other side of the Zoom, I'm a man, Mitch Ross, Mitch Ross MKE on the Twitter and Instagram. What's up, dude? I'm I'm just chilling, watching the Brewers. Uh, it's more important how you are after uh, a near-death experience here before the uh, before the pod. Yeah, uh, um, it's, it's I'm concerning. good. I'm good. I'm all right. Thank you for checking in. I appreciate the thoughts. Um, I uh, was having a little uh, Korean ground turkey. Uh, which usually it's Korean beef, but tallis it up. You do a little ground beef. It's delicious. It's a great, quick, easy meal. Um, definitely in the in the rotation. I added some broccoli today, and I uh, was just eating it right off the top, and I just started choking a little bit. So I had to flush out the system. Uh, you know, cure evidence about why you just don't eat healthy. Like, would I have would that have happened if I was I don't know eating eating yet another pot sticker i'm not sure i don't think so yeah i mean like i said to you before i mean i don't think you choke on a twizzler no i know i haven't no so. god love twizzlers big twizzler guy are you more a twizzlers or red yeah. vine guy if you had gun to your head uh twizzlers okay red vines aren't bad but twizzlers are og i agree i feel like red vines are your change of pace like red vines are your crafty lefty like right, yeah. You know definitely. your Twizzler. Your Twizzlers are your Kirk Corbin Burns. Your uh, your Red Vines are Holby Milner, basically. Yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, like it's my Twizzlers are my my A bullpen and Red Vines are my B bullpen. You know, you they're gonna they're gonna be used, but it's not not your preference. Right, not, we're not and where you want to be. You're like, ah, oh, I gotta. I, it's basically how I feel when Miguel Sanchez takes the mound. Or, you know, Chichi Gonzalez, for that matter. But that's – we can talk about that at the end here. Um, well, we're yeah. not here to talk about the Brewers at the Open. We're here to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks because it is the NBA draft on Thursday, hence why we're doing it a day early here on Happy the Keg as we've been getting into that Wednesday mode. And we will be talking about what the Bucks might do at the, at the draft. And so to set this up, we are going to draft five, 10 players together. And basically pick the Bucks' best option at 24. Now, I will caveat some of my picks are if the Bucks were to move back, which I wouldn't hate them doing. And if they were to get an extra pick in the mix, I think this in the 20 to 35 range is a deep draft. So that's where some of the picks may end up lying. So, Mitch, let's start there before we get into names. How are you feeling about the Bucks at 24? Um, what's sort of your thought process going into this? Well, I think I think they have to make the pick at 24. That's 
that's sort of where I've landed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of conjecture out there about packaging 24 with like Grayson Allen, George Hill, you know, and then maybe a little more salary filler to get like a Harrison Barnes or, or like a guy who makes, you know, the 17 and 19 million sort of player. I just, I think if you want to sustain success, it's tough to say, if you want to sustain success, I think you got to make this pick just because, I mean, three of the next five years, then you're, you're not going to have your pick. Um, and the two years in between, you know, chances are you're going to have a pick around this time anyway. So, I mean, yeah, I guess you can, you know, um, get, get better in those years, but I, I just feel like it, you know, if, if, if you want to take a, a young player in the draft, I mean, they're obviously inherently going to be, you know, 21, 22 or younger. I mean, in some cases it could be 19. Right. Um, you know, this pick could be huge for the next part of the, the Giannis era, you know, the sort of the, the post Chris and Drew, because those guys, while are still at the tail end of their prime, you know, they're both only under contract for a couple more years. You don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I, Chris will be, he's got this year and I think a player option after this year. So let's say he picks that up at, which he might not, um, but that's, you know, that's a different podcast, but you know, he's probably going to be 34 or 35 at that point. And, um, you know, he's getting up there in age. And do you really want to give him another four years after that? I doubt it. So, um, yeah, I just think that, that this pick is pretty critical for the franchise. I mean, you know, if, if this was New York or LA, you know, probably be getting a little, I mean, I don't know. The draft is weird in the NBA, I guess, but because it's just, it's so, you know, teams trade picks so, so liberally it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, as the Bucks have done. And, you know, John Horst has shown a willingness to go and do what he needs to do to bolster the, the squad. But I just, I just feel like this pick is pretty important to potentially usher in. Cause I think that I, what, yeah, I think what Golden State showed us, showed us, um, it's very well documented. I mean, it's that, mm-hmm. that horse has been beaten that they have, you know, two or three or four young guys potentially with pool, Moody, Kaminga and Wiseman, have, you know, where they can, they just have a pool of young talent and the bucks have a goose egg in that department right. pretty much. Right. So, because uh, and, it's just huge. And again, another podcast for another time, but it's like the development of Jordan Nora has been disappointing to say the least. Jordan Nora yeah. probably should have been a contributor this year. And the fact that he wasn't, we, they have to figure that out on the Bucks staff of who's at fault there. Is that the player's fault? Is that the coaching staff's fault? Is it a blend well, of the two? Um, I, you know, I, I, I will say that he's a late second round pick. Yeah. A, totally fair. And, and, and B, I mean, he got no chance in the playoffs, not one. No. So I, I, I mean, look, I, I look at, I think Nora should have at least gotten five to 10 minutes just to see, just to check. Now, I, correct. Just a I, second, I, I agree. Early second quarter. Hey, is this guy on tonight or is he not? Yeah. Okay. He's uh, off. Yeah, totally. Cool. And, and, you know, and the coach, and the coach refused to, to do that. So, and that's right. fine. I mean, he, he didn't really, he didn't really do anything to deserve it. It, it merely would have been, 
like let's throw him out there and see what happens. But yeah, know, he didn't really I mean, he didn't do that in the Boston series. He didn't really do that against Chicago. So I mean, it's going to be really interesting. And this I'm not to take away from the draft, but it's going to be really interesting to see what the stubbornness of Bud looks like this year because it felt like in 2021 he did whatever it took to win the title and whether that was influenced by pj tucker whether that was influenced by Giannis, um whoever whomever it was they really they pushed hard maybe it was chris middleton right chris middleton was hurt you know maybe it was chris middleton who was the voice we don't really know that story and then all of a sudden bud just kind of reverted back to old bud and maybe it was the middleton injury that got him less creative. So that'll be a very interesting subplot when we get ready for next season in October. And when we're doing this thing, getting ready for the playoffs in April, 2023. So we'll see, but obviously it starts with the draft. I completely agree with you. I think they have to make this pick. I personally would be fine if they move back and got another early second round pick and Packer ask, if you will, and not like, get out of the yeah. first round altogether, but people forget that the fucking Woj took away our second round pick. That we don't yeah. have a second round pick because of that dumbass is reporting. And we we should get it back. We have extra cash. Clayton pointed that out on Twitter today. Like the Suns are looking to buy into the second round. The Bucks definitely should be looking to buy into the second round. They have extra cash from the Serge Ibaka deal. Like why not? Again, I think this is a deep draft, and it you could maybe buy into this draft as high as thirty-five. So why not? Into your and basically filling in with your point of get that next generation started and see what you got. And if, even if these guys aren't good, maybe you have some movable assets come February that you could package in a deal to make sure that you have another title running. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, I, I would buying back in the second round seems like a, a tr- tremendous idea, just given where they're at. Um, I don't know if we have a history of that at all. With no, the, we've group, never, but, the Bucks have never. Um, the Bucks, no, Bucks have never done that. Um, and if if they don't do it, it'll be oh, here are the Bucks being cheap again. And I, <laughs> I, I hate that. Like, we could do a whole like podcast on Wisconsin sports narratives that drive me crazy that's near the top because of just the like the misinformation there as the Bucks are like fourth in luxury tax as an NBA team so it's like how are you a cheap team but you're fourth in luxury tax that doesn't that doesn't correlate do they cut corners at times sure absolutely but are they cheap I don't I don't think you can put the cheap label on with the luxury tax. I don't know if you agree or disagree. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't agree. I mean, the, the two moves in our, in this ownership's history that people would point to and say it was a cheap move would be the Brogdon decision and the PJ Tucker decision. Now the Brogdon decision, I think to this point and more than likely going forward has looked like a great move. And the PJ Tucker thing, I mean, would he have been great to have this year? Yeah, he probably would have been, but he isn't fixing your scoring. And also Miami's probably going to give him like another two years for probably more money. And he's going to be fucking 38 years old. I mean, it's just, I don't know. 
it probably it probably was the right move ultimately to not have PJ Tucker. Now, if Miami would have won the title or got to the finals, I mean, I might have had a different thought. But um, you know, they basically ended up how we did. They got one round further. Further. Yep. But, um, good for them. Yeah, more heartbreak because they just will think about if Jimmy Butler's shot went in. But apparently, they're just focused on being focused all offseason. You know, heat culture, sniffing their own farts like usual, um, all that bullshit. But yeah, we're here to do the draft. We're going to take 10 players. I gave you a pool of 15 to 16 guys. Um, we don't we don't need to list all of them because we'll talk about a lot of them. Um, and we'll basically go one and one. You won't do a snake. I'll because I'm a nice guy. I will give you first pick each round, and then we'll go from there. So we'll talk about how do you want to do this? We're we'll talk about each of them, or do you want to do one round, talk about those two guys, and then move on, or you just want to do each guy right after? Um. Well, let's do each guy. Let's do each guy. Fuck it. All right, fine. I should we should have okay. figured that out in pre-show. I didn't. That's on me. We'll just do each guy. So who is your number one pick? That if wow. in, if you had the the guys available, and let's also claim, make a little claim. These are guys that we expect looking at mock drafts to be drafted anywhere from twenty to thirty-five is really where it is because right. I, so, I feel you know, so that's Paulo Bancaro is not going to be included no. in this discussion. No, uh, I, yeah. So a little context there that we're, yeah. we're, we're, you know, kind of drafting from the realistic and yes. this is, you know, just, uh, you know, fit and whatever, whoever we like, I assume. So, yes. um, you know, so it's a combination of who do we think will be there and who do we like the most? And yeah. I have first pick, huh? no, no, yeah. no pressure. Yeah. Golly. All right. This is tough. Uh, we're, we're in the war room. Um, well, number one on my list, I'll just take him, uh, Jaden Hardy. Okay. From G, G League Ignite. Um, certainly a swing of the fence, home run type of, uh, a pick, which I think is kind of good for the Bucks right now, as I kind of laid out in, um, you know, a few minutes ago that, you know, he's, he's an irrational kind of confident, cocky hasn't seen a shot he doesn't like type of guy. Um, you know, I just think that he would be something that, that, I'd, that I'd like to see them go after. I don't know if he contributes right away, um, you know, but for some, if we're drafting later in the first round, um, very late in the first round, I think, you know, taking a swing on a guy like this, is the move I think I want to go with kind of like a Jordan Poole, who was a late first round pick uh, Cam Thomas, the guy Brooklyn got last year, late in the first round, I believe mm-hmm. right around this pick um, to me, that's sort of the guy I think I'm looking for. He's a six, four shooting guard. Um, and I don't know what's going to happen with Grayson Allen. I think there's some insurance for that. Um, and just, going to be a guy that I, I would hope that maybe a couple months into the season is able to um, contribute in the rotation, maybe, you know, ninth guy off the bench um, and hopefully grow into, to a star. I mean, I, I you know, I, I guess I haven't seen any comparisons to him, but I would imagine he's like a Lou Williams type, like kind of a six, three, six, four guard that um, 
can just fill it up. And that's the, we've never the comparisons. Had the comparisons that KOC from the Ringer, Kevin O'Connor, does a great job with draft coverage. Bradley Beal, Cam Thomas, or Dion Watt, Dion Waiters, a pure bucket okay. getter, as KOC calls him. I, I I don't hate it from your POV. I think we are looking at this from different with different angles, which is fucking awesome. This makes this fun because I I'm out on that idea. He did not crack my top ten of guys I have. I just the defense is a concern. He didn't want to play defense at all. Now the G I don't, League. I don't care about defense. Uh, okay, we, and, we have defense. Sure, I I still need a little bit on the perimeter. I don't need him basically getting blown by everyone on on the perimeter. But I, I get what you're saying though. I get the lottery ticket aspect. I get the idea of you stash this guy. He's he could contribute for you. You maybe check in on those nights where Chris is resting or Drew's down for a game for whatever reason, and maybe he comes up and it's they're playing the Magic. Who will be improved? I I like the Magic next year. Whoever they get, but maybe he scores thirty five in that game, and it's like holy fuck, right? Like this guy's the future. So I I understand your logic. I get it. So I, I I'm. I'm on board in with the way you're thinking about it. I am not thinking about it that way. My number one pick is Jalen Williams. Now, I don't think Jalen Williams is going to be there at 24. I really don't. But, God damn it, if he's anywhere close, the Bucks should try what they can. I don't know what they could do. But Jalen Williams is a guy I feel that is an ideal buck. 44% in terms of catch-and-shoot threes. He can play defense. He's a role player. He's just built like a role player already. He's a little slow defensively, but mm -hmm. I just see a guy who would be a perfect addition for what the Bucks need in terms of just getting more wings and getting more guys that you could throw at the best of the best in, in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Jalen Williams. I, I agree with you that I, I, it seems like looking at all these mocks today that, you know, I've seen him as high as 14, I think, to wow. Cleveland in, in, in one. Um, I forget where that was. That might have been CBS Sports. Um, so, I don't know. The guy has shot up draft boards. I think I thought he was relatively unknown a couple weeks ago, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken, maybe no, a month ago. Right. And But, again, I mean, he's, he's what a lot of teams want. I, I would love him. I mean, that's – hey, he's on my list. He's on my list. I'll say that. So I, I disappointed he's gone, but we'll have to we'll have to charge forward here. Okay. Who do you got as number two? So for my my second pick, second on my list is uh, EJ Liddell from Ohio State. Uh, I mean, sort of the opposite of my first pick, Charlie, mm -hmm. in that he's not necessarily going to be a star player. Doesn't necessarily have that type of potential. But he's a guy that you could probably drop into an NBA playoff game, potentially. I mean, that's a little spicy, but no, I um, I think you could. I I think there's yeah I, that. yeah he's he's a he's a you know smart jack of all trades type of guy, six seven like again in that mold like Jalen Williams where like you drop him into a game, he's a versatile switchy guy can probably guard, you know, four positions on the court. Um, I don't know about you know the quickest of NBA point guards. Could he, could he stay in front of, but I mean, 
I think, you know, and I've seen him anywhere from like 19 to 23. So he seems to be kind of locked into our range. Uh, a couple at 24, a couple mocks with the Bucks getting him. Not like I just think he's a perfect fit for like a small ball lineup with um, with Giannis at the five and Liddell at the four. And you have like Chris and Drew and I don't know, whoever you can I, find as another guard. And I, I think I, that's that that's an ideal sort of small ball lineup. I love the idea of Liddell. Um, the fact that he was playing center for Ohio State at six seven and blocking shots pretty regularly is super impressive to me. Mm-hmm. It, you so you're adding Liddell to a team that already has Giannis and Brooke Lopez as two elite shot blockers. So you're just adding right. another guy who can clear and defend the paint. You're also adding a guy that busts his ass as you talk about. You're adding a guy who I think really, to your point, can play a bunch of positions. I'm all in on the idea of Liddell. I'm definitely a guy high on my list. Um, so and I, he's a he's a he's a Midwest guy. Yeah. I think that so, that's nice. You know, I think the Big Ten fans, the Wally Walkershaws, would be, "Oh, I know that guy. I know Liddell." Right. Um, so that always you're always good when you can you can hit hit that check that box. But yeah, that's a that's a great pick. My next one is a guy who it might be a reach at 24, but he's been getting some smoke for the Bucks. It's Andrew Nebhard from Gonzaga. Uh, hmm. The more I looked at his profile, what he can do. I was like, okay, that's the back. That could easily be the backup point guard for the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know if that's exactly what they need right now, but if you're thinking about trading George Hill, Nebhard to me fills that void really easily. Guy can play right away. He's a pick and roll point guard. I think that's huge. Um, the fact that he throws lobs, he his shooting's a little questionable, but I I like the idea of Nebhard you know, as the Bucks back at point guard. Yeah. I mean, was he the one that, that did he transfer from Florida or is that his brother yes. or something? Yes, he, he did. His brother okay. is a very talented player for Creighton. Yeah. His brother would be okay. probably and a top there... 10. His brother would probably be a top 10 pick maybe next year. A lot of Creighton hype. That's another podcast for another time. Way too much Creighton hype. But just, well, we can do that some, some other time. Fuck Creighton. But anyways, yes. So... I mean, so Andrew Nemhart is a Malcolm, Bro- Malcolm Brogdon clone, I think. Yeah. Uh, 22, going to be 23 at like midway through the season. 6'5". Um, I guess, you know, so a bigger guard. Probably faster than Malcolm Brogdon. Yes. Um, but probably doesn't have the shooting. And, you know, I, yeah. He has. He wasn't on my list. He doesn't do much for me. That's um, I don't know. Um, I guess I wouldn't be opposed, just because of um, you need some guard depth and maybe an, and certainly another ball handler. But I don't know. I I guess I could live with it. But I he's he would be. It's not KMS territory if they take him. <laughs> but I mean. I, I don't – I wouldn't be – I think it's a slight good. reach at 24. I'm not going to lie. If the Bucks move back to get him at 28, I think I'd be a lot happier. What is that? Okay. One? I mean, yeah, that's that's certain – I'm super down for that. If the, it, it's not the NFL, though, unfortunately. I yeah, feel I know. Like those trades I know. don't happen much. I know. I'm not, I know. Like I, I got to get my Nolan Murphy cap off and put my uh, put my draft my Bucks hat draft on. I get it. Yeah. I, know. I mean, 
So, you know, I don't hate the idea of that, of that trading back, but I just don't know, you know, where that, how likely that is. But no, yeah, it's more certainly. likely. If you, if you could trade back likely. four spots and pick up another pick, that'd be fucking awesome. It, it's I mean, more likely the Bucks would trade up to get like a Jalen Williams or an EJ Liddell than it would be for them to trade back. If I mean that's more yeah. how the how the league works. Um, but who's your third pick for the people? So just going off my list, yeah, I am I'm gonna take Jake Laravia from Wake Forest. All right, here at 24. Watched a bit of film on this guy. Uh, you know the comparisons are pretty obvious <laughs> uh you know like a Corey Kispert a Joe Harris uh from what I could tell on the uh you know you're gonna hate me for saying that but it's no, but it's no, true. no. I mean it's the fine guy, the Cause, guy's like because my third pick watching... I'm gonna I'm gonna do something similar so it's fine you're okay okay, okay. so I mean watching him he's like a, is like another guy that you could probably drop into an NBA playoff game just given his ability to catch and shoot and like move around and come off screens, which isn't necessarily what coach Bud does. Um, but I don't know. It, like you saw in the, in the playoff series against Boston, where like shooting is always at a premium. You think you have it. And then, you know, it falls apart in the playoffs every year, like without fail. So, you know, despite winning a championship in 2021, people forget that we had like the worst, worst three point shooting NBA champion of all time. I mean, just can't buy a fucking three in the playoffs to save our lives. So shooting, shooting, shooting. Guy's a smart player. Um, you know, not the most fleet of foot, not the not the best lateral quickness, but seemed to have a really a good feel for, you know, poking the ball away on defense and, and just as a help defender, which um, I think fits well with, with what the team is um, going to need. And, and, and he's older, you know, so again, he's yeah. – he's, you know, he's not 23, but he's like 21, um, you know, which, you know, I, I'm sort of contradicting myself with the heart, the hardy pick, but I, you know, I mean, no, it, look, it is nice I, to have a guy that, that could hopefully contribute sooner than later. Listen, I, I will say this. I think what your hardy pick is, if, if I'm, if I'm analyzing it a little deeper to go back to it, you're basically seeing a guy who is a top 10 talent, that has fallen to 20 into the twenties because he had a yeah. shaky G league year. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. that's basically you see that you, it's a Wiggins like pet, right. We talk about how looking for those guys who are potential throwaways, whether it's a Jared Culver and Andrew, uh, not Andrew, Wiggins, Jared Culver, uh, Marvin Bagley, Malik Monk, where it's like top 10 talent. They haven't shown it. So yeah. the hope is that Hardy well, is a top ten talent, and he's just he just had a bad year, and the Bucks reaped the benefit. You're right, and yes, all of that, and then also too, like I think it would kind of be contingent upon our Bobby and Pat coming back, because if they are, then I'd be more apt to, to take a swing for the fence type of guy, because then it's yeah. like you you aren't you aren't going to need as much contribution. Um, as you would if one or both of those guys are, I mean, if both those guys are gone, uh, we're in trouble. Oh, but um, yeah. okay. I mean, I, I feel pretty, I, I feel good about Bobby. I don't know about Pat, but I feel I, the Bobby thing is, I think there was a promise made to Bobby that you opt in this year. We'll take care of you next year. I think uh, that 
I, I, I'm kind of the other one. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm the opposite, I think. Okay. I but, think you're wrong, but that's okay. We can talk about that next week when we get ready for free agency and, uh, and everything like that. Uh, my number three is also staying in the Caucasian uh, pool, Christian Braun from Kansas. I well, like Christian Braun a lot. I liked him at Kansas. I think the guy does a ton of things. I think he's very crafty. I think he's unpredictable in terms of how good of a three-point shooter he is. It's all over the place. But I think the guy can defend. I think he can grab rebounds. To me, he seems like a ideal Pat Connaughton replacement. Like, he's a little taller than Pat. But I look at him and I'm like, all right, basically, you're just basically refreshing and getting – and getting back on them. So I, I like the idea of Christian Brown and that that's my uh, third pick. Yeah. I, um, I didn't have him on my list, but I thought about it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, he would have been had the list gone further. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, sneaky athlete, right. Obviously um, from what I could tell watching Kansas quite a bit, you know, in March and stuff. Um, wasn't the best player in the team which I think can kind of oddly work out in a guy's favor, you know, especially, um, yeah, especially as being a role player, hundred percent agree with that. Correct. And, and like, that's, you know, you know, he, he played in the big 12, not, he was a role player in college. Hopefully that's a plug and play in the NBA. And that made me think of a concern I had for Jalen Williams, your first pick, the competition level. Um, playing in the, the WCC, which I know is, okay, Santa Clara is what, probably the third best program in that, in yeah. that conference. Yeah, Profi- but, pr- profitable team for my investment strategies for, for uh, them. Uh, they were always kind of sure. not, not well regarded by, by my friends in the desert. But anyways, but, yeah. But I no, think, I think, quick, I think Rosillo made, made, made a joke about playing Pepperdine. Yeah, um, but quick stat on that. John Rothstein had this. He averaged 19.9 in his last six games he played against high major teams. So small sample size, sure, but he's definitely got buckets against good teams. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, that that ain't nothing to sneeze at. I mean, that's that's very good. Yeah, Christian Christian Brown, you know, solid. I mean, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it. Um, That's another one though too. That's another one though too where it's like at 24, golly. It's a little early. It's a little early. I'll I'll yeah. hand up, admit that it's it's a slight, it's a reach for sure at twenty four. All right, mm-hmm. who do you got? Who you guys are fourth fourth pick? This will be my fourth pick. So, yep. so we had we've had six guys go. Yep. Hardy, uh, Hardy, Williams, Dylan Williams. Go ahead. No, you you go. You got it. Then I took EJ Liddell. Then you took uh, Nemhard. Mm-hmm. And then I took Laravia. You took, right, took Christian Brown. Christian Brown. And okay, here we are. So my, my next pick would be Walker Kessler, the big center from Auburn, who played alongside Jabari Smith, the potential number one overall pick from Auburn. Yeah, I mean, big body, like a 7-1 center. I think he can step out and shoot it a little bit. It's, and... it's a work in progress. He was starting to show up, but yeah, he – He's definitely working on that part of his, uh, his his game. Yeah, I mean, so at some point you're going to have to replace Brooke Lopez, and I guess as far as I can tell, 
he's probably the most similar to Brooke. I mean, he's, it's he's, crazy. Uh, you know, he, it's he's crazy a, how similar he's all seven feet tall. I mean, he's two sixty. He's, you know, it's a big boy. Um, and is developing a three kind of like splash mountain. And, you know, it's, it, I mean, that's basically the, it, that's it. That's all I got. I mean, so I got, I got two questions for you. One serious one joking. Uh, serious question is, do you wonder if that's a waste of a draft pick? Like I did like a best case, worst case on Monday's show. And like, I think Kessler is a good pick, but I do wonder, like, he's not going to get much run next year. Right. Like yeah. where, do, where does the playing time come in? Is it, and it, does that become a red shirt for a guy that's already like 21 or 22? Well, correct. And you know, no, I would say no, it's not a waste of a pick. However, right. you know, you're right. He's, he's an older dude developing. He's, 20, he's actually, actually he's 21. I mean, it's not, right. it's not the worst. Um, I thought he was a little older, um, but yeah. I, so, but the, I mean, the other, I think the main argument for being a waste of a pick is, I mean, is he going to play in a playoff game? I don't know. I mean, centers are such a, you know, wild card at this point in the NBA. Oh, right. I mean, look at what Golden State did to win it. I mean, they basically benched Kevon Looney. Now he played a little bit, but, you know, he wasn't starting in that series against Boston after the, after, and then I don't think they lost after they made the change in the starting lineup. So, um, you know, it just continues to, to work away from a center, which is why, you know, he has to develop a three point shot, which, you know, I wouldn't, right. You know, I wouldn't doubt Coach Bud and his staff's ability to do that. Um, but, you know, there definitely are a lot of questions. I mean, that's why it, he wasn't my number one pick. But Right. It, um, it would be the – but it, but going back to your original thesis, it's, it's the perfect thing when you go back to the draft and develop of like, all right, here's the next generation. It's one after the other. You know, I hate to use the Packers and cross sports, but this is shit the Packers do all the fucking time where they draft the next generation even before they're ready to move on to the next generation. It happens. Yeah. It's not done as much in basketball, but it should be probably done a little bit more because I think too, too often there's like, oh, shit, we need this, and we didn't go after it. So my number four was actually Kessler, funny enough. Um, so I was right there with you. And I've shooken up my board realizing I have a couple of reaches and I'll have a social post, so I want to win this thing. Um, so I'm going to go with Dale and Terry, um, a guy who I originally wasn't that excited about, honestly, because I just don't know what he is as a scorer. He hasn't shown it yet. He was a role player on Arizona, but I don't think they expected him to be a role player on Arizona. Um, Pac-12, probably the worst of the high majors, but he can defend already and he's young. And can you just work on his shooting and maybe, you know, develop him that way? I mean, the peak example of this, and I'm not saying that he's going to be this, but the peak example of this is Kawhi Leonard. And could you harken back to some of that and, you know, make this guy into an offensive threat year two or year three and still bring him out there for defense, you know, in year one? Yeah, he- he, he didn't make my list, but um, I really – it would be more of the upside type category, which I'm 
never going to be against. Um, I mean, Kawhi Leonard, I, I feel like Kawhi was much more NBA ready. Yeah. yeah he, oh, I mean, oh, he's a oh, older. oh, 100%. 100% was. I'm not, I'm like saying the peak. Like, I'm saying the best fucking case scenario possible. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, well, for him, he's six six. Like, I'm I'm trying to think who would his best case scenario be, but you know, it would be you know that he just he's a quality guard. You know, maybe it's a skinny PJ Tucker, right? Can shoot the corner three, defend like hell, bring a ton of energy on the court, and that's who he kind of becomes. You know, year two or year three. Well, I mean, I guess he intrigues me a little bit just because of like the ball handling and. Um, you know, basically the only thing that's really, I mean, probably his biggest weak at weakness seems to be the on-ball shooting, mm-hmm. meaning shooting off the dribble, right. which is a very, very difficult thing to do. Um, very few can do it uh, in the NBA. So, I mean, that would be something he would, you know, obviously need to improve on. Um, but, you know, I'd be, I'd be fine with, with him. Uh, he's not related to Jason Terry, is he? No, weird coincidence. No. He is not related. They went to the same college, but I don't believe they're related. I'll check that while you while you give me mm-hmm. give us your fifth pick. But I'm pretty I sure I looked isn't, that up. Isn't, isn't he like an assistant coach there, Jason Terry? Uh, he might be. I'll I'll um, give you some. I'll give you some Jason Terry, Jason Terry stuff. No, oh yeah, no relation. You're right. He is an assistant coach. Um, he's. They say he worked on it. He works on his shooting every day with Jason Terry. And Jack Murphy. So I, I do wonder, I do wonder if like the Bucks do have interest in Dalen, if they have put a call to, you know, Terry and said, Hey, Jason, not Dalen. What do you think of this kid? Do you think like there's room here to improve? Because, you know, there's, there's still a relationship, I'm sure with somebody in the Bucks organization and Jason Terry that they could reach out and ask the question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think I would be okay with Dale and Terry for sure. Um, definitely wouldn't, wouldn't be opposed. Uh, for my last pick, I'm going to go uh, Kennedy Chandler. Oh, you motherfucker. Um, I didn't want Kennedy Chandler. I am so far out on Kennedy Chandler, but glad. I will. I'll let you speak. I mean, and I will, I will say my piece. Look, I'm not going to sit here and beat my chest. And I mean, it's, it's not something I would love. I think he's, for me, the reason I, I wouldn't want him, you know, I, I, I should probably provide why I would want him. Well, well yeah, do why you would. I'm sorry. I should have should have kept my reaction to myself. I apologize. But go ahead. Why well, why why do you want him? And then we'll, we can go into the negatives, and then I can explain. Well, I think, my, my, I, my I think he, he projects as, you know, starting NBA point guard, mm-hmm. just, just watching – some film on him and, and all that. And he's got like a super nice feel around the basket, which I think is advantageous for a six foot guard. Um, good ball handler, you know, seems to be good in pick and roll. Basically probably, you know, what, what you'd like um, for an NBA point guard. But the reason I, I just, I'm not sure the Bucks would be desperate for, a six foot point guard at this time. Mm. Um, I, that'd be the reason I maybe wouldn't pick him. I think he's probably 
okay. I just, I'm not, I just, I'm not sure that, that he's, he's necessarily the greatest fit. Um, yeah. But I think pro- prospect wise and, you know, kind of one of those. Where yeah. There's like, upside. There's upside. He's, 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 he's the best guy left on our board. Like, let's just go ahead and do it type of thing. Um, I could see that happening just, I, just because they, like, let's say John Horst has him as his 16th best prospect. Right. You know, just based on his research, which he does it for a living, clearly. Um, oh, we're doing and this, it's like, this well, for a living. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I just, I, I would rather have Nebhard in that spot. Like, I, I know that Nebhard isn't as, is older. I get it. But I just, I think Kenny Chandler is not a guy that I see on a playoff team year one. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe no, probably maybe not. he he you know proves me wrong, and because of his defense, he's able to give you like the Jose Alvarado minutes that you saw with the Pelicans, right? And just be a pest, and or what we hope Javon Carter was able to do. I'm sure I could talk myself into it. It's probably just it's not my least favorite. It was my least favorite until till doing more research today, and now we can talk about that after we get done. But um. Yeah, he's not he's not high on my on my own personal board. My last pick, I'll tell you right now, it's another reach. I'll go through my thought process. I looked at the guys available, and I kind of get your Kenny Chandler pick because I don't think there's really anybody left. And right. I mean, we're my, talking we're talking no, like our ninth and tenth guys right. here. <laughs> right. My last guy is Wendell Moore because I think Wendell Moore okay. has been kind of forgotten as the Duke guys. Like, I think I kind of like Keels too yeah. on my list. I thought Keels is a bulldog. I like how he kind of, he just would always hit big shots for Duke. Like every time they needed a big shot, there was Keels again. Like I could definitely see Keels being a role player for a playoff team next season. Um, but Wendell Moore to me has a little more potential in terms of his ability for to play defense, his ability to hit shots. Um, I just look at, at that and a guy who, he struggled to start out his career at Duke and then kind of molded himself into a, being a role player. And I think that's important. Like, he could have easily said, I'm out. And, and, like, I don't even care if he would have transferred, right? But he didn't. He stuck with it. And, it, you know, I, I think that's something that's worth at least giving him credit for. And I do think he could add value to the Bucks in year one. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought hard about Wendell Moore because – Seems like he's a plus defender, and um, and in fact, I've seen him described as like a ready-made three and D guy, which you know, very popular in the NBA and and basketball in general. I mean, it's what you need, and I would not be opposed to that pick at all. You're right. Was he a freshman too? No, he's a junior. He's old. He's a little older. He's twenty. Oh. He's going to be twenty-one. So, right. So. He's he's kind of, but he was kind of the forgotten guy. With right, all the talent around him at Duke, but he right he might have been the glue guy. Yeah, and that's I'm just saying, like I think every year there are these guys. Like I would not be surprised if Wendell Moore is the Desmond Bain of this draft, where he just is this guy who gets drafted a little later than he should, and it comes through, and it's like holy shit, this guy is on a playoff roster contributing. I'm not saying he's a starter, but Made, you know, he's making an impact almost right away. So I, I like the idea. Also, he has a near seven foot wingspan, 
at six four. That's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, I mean, again, that's would, getting James Millis on. Yeah, all about wingspan. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, you know, I, I'm I'm with you on that one. Okay, um, right. One or more for for you know for where we are in the draft. Right. I'm okay with that. Um, so, definitely. In fact, you know, okay. I'm, I might even be jealous of that pick. All right. Love it. My honorable mentions were Keels, Caleb Houston, and Ty Ty sure. Washington. Those are my three that I decided that I did not get taken and were left off. I, you know, what were yours that you did not make picks of? Uh, Bryce McGowan's. Oh, okay. I, thought about Bryce um he was what a Nebraska's first one and done yeah in their school history right which is hilarious yeah I had Pat Baldwin just because of local ties probably the second most unknown guy in the draft behind Shaden yep. Sharp oh Shaden Sharp let me I Shaden Sharp to me feels like an all-time mistake I I don't know if Shaden Sharp likes basketball I'm just gonna say I know that's a very old guy take but I don't know if that guy actually likes to play basketball. Well, I mean, said what I can't I said. disagree with you. <laughs> I just. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, somebody who decides to not play because of draft stock. And it's it's like, fucking bizarre, dude. Like, there are so many weird stories about it. That if my team, if I was, I don't know, fuck the Knicks or or Charlotte, or no, nah, he won't go with that heel, or even like the Spurs. Like, I can't believe people are mocking Jaden Sharp for the Spurs. Like, do you know who the Spurs are? Like, you really think Greg Popovich would want a guy who doesn't want to be there? Greg Popovich would put that guy in a blender in, like, week one. But, I don't know. We yeah, went off track. Not how they canceled. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, shit. That would actually be I had, I had, uh, yeah, I bet you'd like that. Yeah, I had uh, Nikola Jovic on here as well, oh. just as a, a purely like fucking Giannis-like pick almost. I mean, yeah, I six eleven dude that seems like pretty athletic, but he's coming from Europe, so naturally there's question marks. Yeah, uh, the scouting uh, report you know, on him is kind of ugly. Like you read some of the well, scouting reports, and it's it's like there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really want him, but I mean, you know, you know I know, I, I, I understand the logic. I just don't. I totally get the logic. Just the more, like, originally it was a guy I was going to put in my top five. And then the well, more I well, was, he... the more I looked at guys, I was like, yeah, I like that guy a little better. I like that guy a little bit better. And I, I was like, all right, I'm out of this. Yeah. Uh, you know, he could be e- easy on the on, too. I mean, <laughs> just saying. N- Nicholas uh, really. Yeah, right. The European guys that have have the uh, the body, the makeup, but nothing nothing between the ears necessarily or oh. and or face little little to no competition. But um uh lastly I had uh Marjan Bochamp. I don't know. And not both, a huge fan of the guy, but I, I just threw him on my list because it would be totally another lottery ticket. Yep. Yep. That's a definite lottery ticket. Um was no guy offense, I, though, whatsoever. No. Nah. So it would be a, be a while for, for that, but we'll see what happens. Uh, this was an awesome exercise. I hope all of you guys who might not watch a lot of college or don't have the time to sit down and do this, got a little smarter. I look forward to the Bucks trading our pick 
for Harrison Barnes around noon on Thursday, and this podcast becomes irrelevant. So that would that's <laughs> gonna be the best. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be official. It'd be. Yeah, I know. I had to be, it'd be broken by Woj and then it'd be considered tampering and then right. who's next to your second round pick. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, no, no doubt about it. That's, that's perfect. We'll see what happens. Um, and should be a fun Thursday night. All right. Oh yeah. Anything else draft wise before we do a, real quick on the Brewers and then ride out of here. I mean, if Johnny Davis falls, take him. Uh, you know, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not that wild about Johnny. I'll be honest. Um, I what, 24, you do it. Yeah. 24. Yes. 24. You would, you would definitely pull that trigger. I think Aaron sure. Rodgers was the 24th pick in the draft too. He was. I, yeah. I think you're right. Fun, fun, fun fact. The only fun, fact in the fun facts with Mitch. Um, but yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, the Brewers, they are currently in a battle with the Cardinals. I'm surprised there is not a lot of scoring in this game. I'm throwing the game on. Um, our, I expected Chi-Chi to give up Three, at least two, I believe. five or six runs. I can't believe he's only given up two. That's incredible. Um, and – or three, excuse me. And David Stearns was out with the media uh, last week, weekend. I think it was before – uh, DFA and Lorenzo Cain and basically saying that we need to re tweak our offense or rework our offense within basically signaling that the Brewers might not be looking to make any significant deals after you and I spent last week going through a ton of hypotheticals. Do you buy what David Stearns is selling or do you think he's just kind of being David Stearns and not letting anybody into his thought process. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe anything he says. <laughs> so, I mean, the man is a liar. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, he's a GM that's coming up on the trade deadline. You don't want to, you don't want to tip any hands. Um, you know, you, you don't want to, you want to get everyone off the scent. I think it's pretty obvious he's looking for a bat. I would imagine he's done it before. He got Mustakis in 2018. Mm. Um, for next, well, Brett Phillips, I guess. Yeah. But um, it was pretty much. You know, he's done it before. I, you're right. I mean, God bless Brett Phillips. He's he's a great dude, and you know, but he's nothing more really than MLB social content filler. Yeah, he's um, Brett. He's Brett Suter with bat. Pretty much. Who Brett Suter just gave up a nope, caught it the one track. Uh, so. It's yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not really by. I think it's it's we're approaching silly season for MLB GMs where they just have to kind of um, explore all options. And um, he doesn't want to probably, I guess, let down the clubhouse or, you know, what I'm trying to say where he, he doesn't want to be like, oh, geez, yeah, we, we're, we're definitely going to need some help at the deadline. I mean, he's not going to say that publicly. Right. I mean, it's right. It, it, it's he wants to just sort of play it coy and um but i, I gotta believe he's on the hunt for right. i don't know how well, big will he go i don't know um, well here the and i was gonna offer the counter i don't disagree with what you're saying but to counter it i do wonder if 
there's conversations that Stearns and Matt Arnold are having about who they're competing with because it is the biggest of the big boys. Not every year yeah. do you have the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Mets, all willing to do whatever it takes to get to the World Series. And that's just the start of it. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Because then you have the Padres who are fucking madmen. You have the San Francisco Giants who are never afraid to get, get their hands dirty. St. Louis Cardinals, Cardinals have made some big deals at the deadline. The Braves, why not go back to back? Uh, I can't pronounce Anthropolis is his last name, the GM of the Braves. Uh, he's yeah, made, it's a Greek he's, name. He's made a ton of, you know, you think you get better with Greek names than Anthony Kumbo. You just really only know how to pronounce Anthony Kumbo. And that's, that's where the story ends. Well, um, well but Adeta Kumbo is Nigerian. Oh, uh, right. That's also the other part of that, too. You're like, yeah, way to go, <laughs> asshole. And thanks. Thanks, Rich. Uh, and then, yeah, maybe the Red Sox, too. I mean, it's just a lot of teams to deal with. And maybe the White Sox. I mean, there are just teams on teams where it's like, wow, these yeah. teams have a ton of budget. They don't care. They'll spend, spend, spend. And it's not like this, oh, the Brewers are being cheap, where I felt like the pendulum has kind of swung the other way with, like, the Brewers being too cheap. Like, I I agree there have been moments where it's like, God damn it, just just do a little bit more here. But I also look at like Mike Moustakis has been injured his entire contract for the Cincinnati Reds. Yasmani Grandal has barely cracked two, batting 200 for the Chicago White Sox. I, I don't really see what David Stearns did wrong with either of those guys. And yet he still gets raked over the coals for being cheap when neither of those guys to me have been productive players at their positions for the last couple of years. And so I, I do think like, it's okay if they don't make like a significant move, but yes, yeah, so if there, if the opportunity is there where you can kind of get an under the rated guy, underrated guy or under the radar guy, such as a Willie Adamas, such as a Rowdy Telez. Yes. Go after that guy and maybe don't wait till the deadline to make that move knowing the competition is going to be so fierce and let everybody else battle it out. Yeah. And he's, he's kind of done that. He's been probably more likely to do that stuff where he's making a deal at, um, you know, end of June, early July and doesn't wait until the last minute. Um, and he likes team control. Uh, you know, Mustakis had, when so they he got had a year Moustakis, left. Like, yeah, he had, had a year, year left. He had, he had I, a year left. Yeah, they had, they had another year of Moustakis. And the Grand Dal thing was just a one year. Hey, the those salaries were all out of whack that, that winter. And they were, I think they were lucky to get Grand Dal. For just being honest, like, I yeah. don't know if every offseason you'd be able to get Yasmani Grand Dal. Just that's kind of the facts. And I don't think Brewer fans yeah. would want to hear that. But I, I think they basically kind of were like, Hey, should we see if Gasmani wants to sign for 18 mil? Let's just see. Let's just throw it out there to him. Oh, he does? Holy shit. That worked. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I feel like yeah. the Yasmani Grandal went down without having any knowledge of it. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense that because it was a late in spring or kind of yeah. late in the offseason type of right. move where they probably found out that he didn't really have any substantial offers and. They're just like, hey, you want to come here for a year? For, yeah. You know, 
rebuild you your know, a high yeah. salary, but basically hitting, we think uh, we can the, get you paid. Hitting the hitters park and and just you know get you paid, and then they did. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that that, that probably was an, an unusual situation. Um, now it was of course pre-pandemic too, so I mean that's a little bit of a factor. I mean, with the Brewers, I mean, you know, yeah, a lot of. I'm I'm trying to think of how to word like I don't think that the fan attendance means as much as people like to think. Like I think oh, some people think that yeah, it's over because the Brewers are you know get two plus million fans through the through the turnstiles every year, and then suddenly it was gone for a year. Um, it didn't it did certainly didn't help the organization. I mean they lost a lot of money. I'm sure putting on games without fans, um, or didn't make as much as as they should have, but um, which is two different things. And that's a whole other podcast, but um, it, it probably did. You know, it probably was the difference between, you know, signing a Andrew McCutcheon or, you know, maybe there could have been a, uh, another free agent. I can't think of somebody off the top of my head, but um, maybe there was another free agent that might've commanded four or five more million dollars or something, but they were on it or they just couldn't swing because of that. But, you know, so yes, it was it was a little bit of an unusual off season. I don't know if I've really seen that since then. Um, right. I feel like a lot of guys are getting the long big deals. No, no. Now again. it's it's back. Now it's back. I mean, it's back to what it was, and this is why this whole like the judge contract is so fascinating. The Devers, you know, Devers still doesn't have a deal. Xander Bogarts doesn't have a deal, and it's like what are these teams waiting for who have unlimited money? Like at this point, I know, I think judge has his arbitration hearing tomorrow might be. And he's like, well, it's, you know, it's typical shit. Like it's just business, all this stuff. But it's like, why don't you hammer out? Like there's no way, like I said, I'm going to sound like Francesca here, but there's like no way Steinbrenner though. George would allow judge to go to arbitration. Like he'd have a 10 year, $325 million deal without blinking and just we'll worry about it later. And I get the concern from the Yankees because he's been injury prone. Like I, I somewhat understand it. I, I have a harder time understanding the Bogarts endeavors thing, but I'm not as in tune with the Red Sox as I am with my own team. But yeah, it's, it's all fascinating. Right. And I saw a state rear station today. was like, well, about trading all these different guys for brewers. I'm like, I think we just need to wait. I think we just need to see what each one wants and see what, you know, have that conversation. They have a plan on paper. Yeah. And I, I hate, I hated that topic just because it's like, and Gary, Gary was nailing it basically like, can't we just fucking enjoy it for a little bit? Yeah, like, no, it's totally true. I mean, um, you know, it was a very I, sports radio topic. Totally. But. It's middle of June. I get it. And the one thing I will say to kind of put a bow on this is like, I'm very curious to see what they do with Castanera because I, I think Castanera has done enough to establish himself as a bench player and kind of a ut- utility guy for the Brewers at second and first base and occasional DH and sometimes in the outfield, which makes me want to take like seven deep breaths and do a paper bag. But um, like, you know, Brousseau is going to come back soon. I would imagine he would take Jonathan Davis's spot, but then your outfield gets really, really, really thin. So what do you do there? 
where is when Bursault's ready to come back? Is it a decision between Bursault and Hira? And you move Hira for maybe a reliever, which now the bullpen is stabilized, or you move him for a bench bat that does a little bit more or a little bit. You, I don't know where the value is right now for Casting Hira. I think if I was a team looking to trade with the Brewers, I would immediately ask for Casting Hira as a hope of like, yeah, we can turn this around. Considering too, like Brewers haven't been always the best with the eyes and belt. You know, the Trent Grisham thing, which got brought up again today by some Padres guys. And I was like, can we just agree it was a good trade for both teams? Like, I think it's fine. And is it shitty looking back that we could have Trent Grisham instead of Lorenzo Cain? Absolutely. But we couldn't have predicted a pandemic. We couldn't have predicted that Lorenzo Cain would opt out. We couldn't predict that maybe having that year off for Cain was actually worse for him in a weird way. Because I don't know if he was ever the same player after coming back from that year off. Who knows what that was, but it just it all it all kind of evaporated for him. Yeah, I I, I mean I was gonna say you couldn't have predicted Lorenzo Cain forgetting how to how to basically hit. Yeah. But then again, he probably could have because he, he really never was that great of an offensive player. No, um, that was that's probably been one of Stern's bigger mistakes is just not not getting trading Lorenzo Cain at his value. But I, I do wonder if that was wow. a little bit of he was a, such a clubhouse guy that they couldn't do it. Yeah, that, I mean, I there's there's no way. I mean Right. And and you know yeah, I mean you had two fucking COVID years too in the middle of middle of his contract. I mean it's just I know it is what it is. And and he opted out and um you know I don't know. I I don't know if he, he ever trade Lorenzo Cain, you know, as much as I think that they did right by him. I think that it's totally fair. Um, they let him hit that 10 year service mark, which vests his pension as an MLB, you know, so I think he's set pretty good um, on top of, you know, his career earnings, which is probably only about a hundred million. Right. I mean, quite a bit, don't get me wrong, but for somebody who's, you know, won a ring and was around for obviously 10 years. I mean, that's baseball for you though. Um, no, no, I'm so, not Yeah. I mean, no, I, I, I mean, agree. I, I'm, I'm going to miss Lorenzo Cain. I, I don't, I really wish that it could have been different. You know, it's, it, it is, it's like, I found myself getting kind of emotional on Saturday. Just like everybody's tweeting all these highlights and shit. It's just, it just was like, man, like sucks that he, that he, you know that he it was time to go but it just was and i'm glad that they were able to find a common ground on that um mm-hmm. frankly i don't think i think you're absolutely right that since about since 2020 i don't think he's wanted to play baseball that much and he was just doing it merely because it was a paycheck honestly that's fucked up as that is for me to say i i mean i don't know if he'd disagree yeah just just a lot of you right know, a very um, he's just yeah, such a family man and stuff, right, and then, like totally. I just think that that, if, that 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 2020 really showed him that what the priorities were, and it's just like I'm gonna hit that that 10 year mark, and I'm and I'm riding off. Yeah, and then you had a beer with him, and it was just you, and no nothing was taped, and you're like, hey, do you really did you, you want to be out there after after the COVID year? He probably's like, yeah, hell no. Like to your point, just working to that service time, and then once I got it, I knew I was out. So wish Kane the best. 
And anything else on your mind before uh, before we bounce out here? I think that'll do it. Just looking forward to the draft, and um, hopefully the Brewers can sweep the Cardinals. Now, is it a bad thing? Am I a bad Bucks fan if I go to Summerfest and not, not watch the NBA draft? No, not really, because the draft is pointless. I say it about the NFL, so I have to say that about – it's not pointless. It's dumb to watch. And yeah. you can just look at who got picked. I don't need a, I don't need 15 minutes of fucking jargon from Jay Billis and, you know, Bill Simmons, who it's been a while since he's done the draft. But No, nah, you'll hear you know, his podcast after, though. I mean, and oh, – um, and well, and the really the challenge will be is can I get a reel up at Summerfest? That will be or a TikTok. Life's greatest challenges right now will be that. But you'll have to follow along on uh, Tabby Keg or Tabby Keg am, Sports. I am praying. I am praying for you, Charlie. I am. I am. Might lose sleep tonight. Thank you. Wondering about that. Appreciate you much. I appreciate that. All right, we will <laughs> be back tomorrow. I think. Uh, maybe I was tempted maybe not to do a show, um, you know, for the daily tap on Thursday, just because everything will be happening draft wise. And, but I don't know, maybe I'll get something out. Maybe I'll do something a little different. Um, maybe something completely non-draft related and more about maybe, maybe do some Packer stuff. Who knows? Um, I've loved, I've really enjoyed, I'll give you a tease. I really enjoyed how it's like, Oh, everyone's starting to hype up the defense. It's like, well, no, wait, not enough. Don't too much expect expectations. It's okay to have expectations. It's fine. It's just whatever. We all, I think I'll probably do that on Thursday. So stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, we'll, you and I will check in next week. We'll recap draft. We'll talk, get ready for free agency as the uh, NBA clock never sleeps. All right. Take care guys. Have yourself a good Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow. See you. Bye. Peace.